0: Abolition. Abolition. Today.
1: Today. There's this theme of opposites, and that yeah. tension comes up in many places in your book.
0: Hmm.
1: And, and one of the
2: most um, dramatic, and it feels like a theme repeated through leadership across generations, mm-hmm. is patriotism or not patriotism.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Love America or damn America. Right. And, and Douglas both. And, and,
1: and both. And how do you understand his holding of that space for both, he's channeling the country, he's challenging the
2: country to be its best self. He also leaves the country like a lot of good Americans do and from the outside says, shame on you, how
1: dare you, a pox on your house and hates the country deeply how did he hold that together
3: he loved and hated America depends on when you ask because it's a familiar feeling it's a very familiar (laughs) thing uh, throughout our history Um, he loved the creeds he loved the Declaration of Independence the principles He loved the words he loved the words and he loved the four first principles of the Declaration of Independence and he knew what they were he never went to a school where he had to recite it but he read it he loved the natural rights tradition in fact, now there are all sorts of political philosophers who write about Douglas as a great proponent of, of the natural rights tradition borrowed from the Enlightenment that he applies to the 19th century, meaning, meaning rights that we are born with like precious ore from the earth.
0: Inalienable.
3: But, inalienable. Yeah. But hypocrisy became his subject. It's the great subject of the Fourth of July. It's the great subject of his famous slaveholder sermon speech. Uh, it was his favorite subject. The way America has built itself on creeds and violated <laughs>
4: three episode 27 the hypocrite's hand guide for dummies or how to be a goddamn soulless hypocrite in three easy steps you just heard commentary on the great abolitionists disgust over America's habitual hypocrisy from Yale historian David W. Blight author of the biography of Frederick Douglass, profit and freedom that was followed by rage against the machines classic song know your enemy Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 5 Mountain and 4 Pacific live streams and archive podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org. And we're also on all major podcast platforms. My name is Max Parthas. Brother Yusuf Hassan is in the process of moving down here to the Confederate South and may not be able to join us tonight. He is literally moving in as we speak. Last week, I myself was MIA as Rain and I were attending our daughter's birth and welcoming, welcoming our newest grandchild, Daniel Joseph, to the world. So we got our plus one. Shout out to everyone who helped hold it down last week here on Abolition Today. This week, we're calling out the blatant hypocrisy of U.S. elected officials. Frankly, we're sick and tired of it. It's the same old song over and over. Everything is called slavery, but slavery. A big school of red herrings to chase. While they rename and redefine issues from COVID self-isolation to Roe v. Wade as slavery, they are actually practicing real slavery on you and me, us and ours. Then, to put the crit in hypocrite, they have the audacity to point fingers at other nations doing far less than what America is doing right now. Fact. At this moment in history, the U.S. is in violation of multiple international treaties simply by having and any exception for any reason that allows enslavement within their federal and state constitutions. Article 4 of the Declaration of Human Rights doesn't say no one shall be held in slavery or servitude. Slavery and the slave trade shall be prohibited in all their forms, except for America, who can use it as punishment for crime whenever the party has been duly convicted. It doesn't say that. It's a crime against humanity that is in practice across this nation every day within a for-profit prison industry and a race-slash-class-based criminal justice system that acts as a revenue generator. The next time you hear these unholy hypocrites talk about prison labor in China or the assassination of journalists, remember, you live in the country with the largest prison population that's ever been seen on planet Earth, where police... Turned slave catchers have killed enough people in one single decade to fill every seat in Yankee Stadium with dead bodies. As Frederick Douglass said, the life of the nation is secure only while the nation is honest, truthful, and virtuous. And there comes a time when it is best that the worst should be made known. Time is now. Right now. Of course, we'll have incredible music, poetry, as you've already seen, got it on fire. And we'll bring the voices of the ancestors back to life for a new generation. Tonight, we have a powerful Bridging the Gap segment with Florida-based poet Oriente, a.k.a. Kevin Campbell, performing Frederick Douglass's scathing speech on the two Christianities of America. All right, so let's get into it and open the phone lines for commentary on the opening segment. Uh, Then we'll cover the news in slavery abolition this past week. The number, if you don't have it, is 515-605-9814. That's 515-605-9814. Remember to press the number one on your keypad so that we know you have a question or comment. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call out one of my people right now. Uh, Sean, I'm going to go ahead and open your line, man. Uh, Give me some commentary on what you just heard in the opening
5: uh, tracks. Did it put me on the spot again? (laughs) If
4: somebody got to do it, might as well be me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, listened a little bit before um, to Fred Lee Douglas about um, the hypocrisy of America, and it goes back, you know, <laughs> years and years, and um, we're still living with it, <laughs> you know. Um, Where well, the United States is uh, calling out human rights violations of genocide but doesn't recognize the genocide happened here, <laughs> you know, there's multiple, multiple crimes that we can talk about you know this this hypocrisy of you know wanting to be a a moral leader but you know committing these crimes you know as a state not just individual you know um civil servants creating you know crimes you know these murders but like crimes against humanity so i'm glad that you opened up as well with the with the um the universal Declaration as well you know that as as you use the well documented you know these crimes are, are are um are well-documented, <laughs> you know, It's so happening yeah. today. Thank you, bro.
4: Um, I have to apologize yeah. to everybody in advance, too. If I sound a little slow or my voice sounds different, uh, I have some medical issues I'm dealing with. Uh, I just found out that they did a scan on me a few days ago, actually the day my grandson was born, and told me that both my lungs are partially collapsed. And uh, I don't know why yet, so... It is what it is. I've got to go to doctors next week, and they're going to talk to me and see what's going on. I'll keep you guys up to date. But I'm here, and I still got a voice. I might not be able to do too much in the way of spoken word these days, but I can speak, damn it. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about hypocrisy. Um, as a matter of fact, I got to see uh, a bird's eye view of the inner workings of the hypocrisy within our ma- mainstream media uh, versus uh, what's been going on in international media. Uh, Tonight, we plan on sharing a couple of things from international media so we can show you how the world is viewing us. Uh, But over the past week, I've been in communication with two different groups of reporters. One from CNN, who reached out to me and said they had heard about our work, and they wanted to do a story on CNN politics to help the five states that are on the ballot this year. Those five states are Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana, Vermont and Oregon, uh, and they want said they want to help out. So I've been in communication with them, and I've also been in communication with, uh, I, bl- I believe it's called Global Times, China Global Times, a state-sponsored Chinese media uh, that does news. And they came at As a matter of fact, you had a little bit to do with that, their, uh, Brother Sean, with the Chinese hookup hook up you and uh, Sister Joy James. And I didn't jump on it immediately. You know, we talked, uh, Sean, and I had some some musings I was wondering about if I did this. I had to uh, balance it out and think of the pros and the cons of speaking to a state-sponsored meme from somebody who's seen as a potential enemy. And after much thought, I decided to go with it because America ain't gonna tell on itself. They ain't gonna admit to nothing. No matter how much we talk about it, they're not going to make this the issue, but our enemies will throw it in our face as much as they possibly can, and that's exactly what we need. We need the world to know what's happening here in the United States with this system of slavery so that they can no longer stand up like there's some kind of moral giant who's not doing any wrong and start pointing out what everybody else is doing when you're committing genocide and slavery right here in your own nation. Uh, So I went with it. Also suggested that they speak to a couple of other people, uh, one of them being Sam Brown. Um, and Sam's interview came out. It's an amazing interview that they did, very clean, uh, truthful. And, you know, Sam Brown was the original author of ACA3 out in California, the California Abolition uh, Act, which was defeated on the very last day of the Senate hearings. Um, and that video has already started moving towards 2 million views. Uh, When they spoke to me and him, they didn't ask us about no angles or no gimmicks. They just wanted the truth, and we gave it to them as we knew it. And that's already making uh, a big uh, impact across the globe now. On the other hand, CNN was like, listen, Max, (laughs) how do you explain to people that this is not symbolic? Um, Also, you know, since slavery is over and everything, uh, and there's no people actually enslaved, how does this make any impact? <laughs> Imagine that, right? Somebody coming at me like that, you know? But I understand that they weren't as educated on it as most. And I remember Malcolm saying, don't blame people for not knowing what you know, because it was a time when you didn't know it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to educate and, and inspire them to do the story on this at the same time, because we need that kind of bump here in America. We need CNN to talk about these five states, the Freedom Five, as we call them, and their opportunity to end slavery in that state for the first time in their history. It went on for about a week, and she, the person was trying to sell it to their team to get them to cover the story. Apparently, it wasn't something they just wanted to go ahead and do. <laughs> regardless of the historical aspect, regardless of the epic proportions, five states on the ballot, wow, ending slavery for the first time. None of that would stand alone. At the end of the day, she said, Max, I'm on your side. I understand. But I'm dealing in this white space where they think they know everything. And all they want to hear is you need some kind of gimmick. Is there some opposition that they're up against, like a David and Goliath thing, so they can sell this story? It's pretty damn ridiculous, man. We're ending slavery in the United States for the first time in the U.S.'s history. What part of that needs something else to sell? That slavery is still legal and it's still in practice right here in the United States. What part of that needs something else to sell? And do we have opposition? Oh my God! I acted as for 2022 and still am the national campaign coordinator. Meaning, meaning that I I was involved in every state's efforts to some degree, largely or smallly. I was part of all of their teams, pulling this together and the coordinating. And the five that we have on the ballot now is what's left after all of the fights. It should have been 10 on the ballot. That's how many we had originally. Ten states could have been on the ballot this year. Instead, we ended up with five. And not because uh, people are afraid to get up and defend slavery because they aren't. You know, I heard people tell me that, Max, that nobody's going to stand up in support of slavery. And I'm like – you ain't seen what I've seen. <laughs> they did it in Louisiana. They did it in Ohio. They did it in Tennessee. They do it all the time, stand up and support slavery. Or they try to redirect it to something else or make it some something else, uh, what do they call it, red herrings, where you're supposed to chase something that ain't even there. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. I may be coughing throughout the night. It is what it is. Uh, So, yeah, they're still in negotiations with CNN trying to determine if they're going to do this story or not about what's happening in our country right now. One of the most epic constitutional efforts ever seen in this nation. Five states on the ballot right now to end slavery in those states because slavery was in their constitution. It's not like they're adding some extra language. They're taking out pro-slavery language embedded in the state constitutions. And when people say we're a land of laws, they're talking about the constitutions, the federal constitution and the state constitution, and everything that – all our laws in this country is based on those. And if something is unconstitutional, it's considered illegal. There's nothing in the constitution that is either symbolic or just some metaphor or craziness in there. Everything affects your life in those constitutions. So, as I said, internationally, in India, in China, uh, in Europe, all across Africa, they're talking about the hypocrisy of slavery America. But in America, we've got our heads in the sand, and we're trying to say, decide whether or not we can sell something like it's some kind of a, a reality TV show, <laughs> you know? that's how we got to present it like a reality TV show rather than the simple fact that we're ending slavery. Anything you would like to say on that? Uh, Oh, wait, I see we got another caller here. Uh, Anything you want to say on that, Sean, feel free. And 2901, welcome to Abolition Today.
6: Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Hey, Max, it's really good to, to be with you. And, and, um, I'm sorry oh, about it's your... it's just a new Bay. <laughs> yes, it's new Bay. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. Oh, yes, of course. How could you know? Yes, it's a new Bay.
4: <laughs> it, 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 it took me a second, but I heard your voice. <laughs> you only had to say about 10 words.
6: Yeah. Okay, well, beautiful. I'm really... Well, hey, I mean, I, I just had to... Um, I did just want to take a few minutes to, to first of all, just say congratulations, of course, about your plus one. I love how you put yes. that. And, um, and sounds the birth um, with your daughter went well, and I'm really happy about Thank that. You. It's really beautiful. And, of course, I'm sorry that you're, uh, yeah, with your lungs, and, you know, I'm always just, you know, sending you this love and support around, around your health. Um, but I wanted to just bring up a couple of things, and I just, and also, I want to just Uh, so much gratitude for the work that you're doing and how important it is because like right now, I don't know if you heard about um, this, a couple of things in Texas, um, the State Board of Education is building proposals to update the state uh, public school social studies curriculum and this is what they're debating State Education Board members push back on proposals so I don't know who's, who's putting up this proposal to use involuntary relocation to describe slavery
4: for second graders, yeah, that's she?
6: so it, it, right, right. So you know, talking about how I feel like this is just a really crucial and pivotal moment for us in terms of like when you're talking about what CNN is kind of debating, proposing, or you know, uh, you know, around whether or how to actually call out that there's still slavery, right, and how to actually put the news out there. And so this is our time for educating. Education, 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 please put, continuing to put that line out there about, nope, it's slavery. There is slavery taking place and, and how these, um, these public officials, you know, the, our, all of our local governments are going to do everything that they can to try and keep from the people um, to, to question and look at this. You see what happened in California. But I wanted to also, um, I don't know if you had heard about this article that came out in Arizona
7: um, yes.
6: When the Okay, right, the Arizona communities Would collapse Without cheap prison labor Corrections Director says this. Um, David Chin is the Arizona Department Of Corrections Did you did you hear about this article? I'm, you,
8: I yes, feel like uh, you know I had it in my you're list of things topic.
4: to cover tonight So you're right on point We're oh, covering no. it right now
8: <laughs> um,
4: If you, you want to go That's ahead and faster. read Read a little bit from this, feel free Because I had a little section chewed up too. So uh, feel oh, free.
6: Okay. Well, this is okay. I would love to. And again, this is really just, and, and uh, again, um, this work that you are doing and others, you know, all of us that are really trying to continue to just not let people off the hook know we're going to keep coming at you. This is slavery and we are going to abolish it. So, um and because uh, before I read a thing, and I know you will say it even more eloquently, I also just think that, again, There are people that are trying to hold on to the narrative, and we must be in commitment to resisting and controlling and uh, uh, turning around this narrative and trying to call slavery other things and being very clear that it is being practiced and uh, continuing to show those ways that it is. So here this guy says it so, uh, like, brazenly, it's amazing. Arizona Department of Corrections Director David Shin said Arizona communities would collapse without cheap prison labor during testimony before the Joint Legislative Budget Committee Thursday. Shin made the statement while answering questions about a request for proposals for a contract to run the Florence West prison. Senator David Gowan asked Shin about the nature of the work the prisoners do at the Florence West prison. In Arizona, all people in state prisons are forced to work 40 hours a week, with exceptions for prisoners with health care conditions and other conflicting programming schedules. Also, just even before I move on from that, um, healthcare care in prisons, whether it be state or private, are horrific and abusive. And these conflicting programming schedules, um, you know, educational programs are um, also often... Um, become secondary and are also um, of substandard. Okay. Quote, these are low-level worker inmates that work in the communities, in the communities around the county itself, I would imagine, Gowan asks. Yes, the department does more than just incarcerate folks, Shin replied. There are services that this department provides to city, county, local jurisdictions that simply can't be quantified at a rate that most jurisdictions could ever afford. If you were to remove these folks from that equation, things would collapse in many of your counties for your constituents. That last paragraph, I mean, there's more to this, and I want to just give you the chance to, um, I mean, I don't want to take up too much time, but that last um, paragraph right there is so frightening because I think we often forget that there are, People that are being imprisoned are being enslaved, let's be clear about the language, that are being enslaved are, like, they're creating, people need to understand that they're creating the economy, the economy that surrounds the prison, as well as upholding the prison. And in California, it's $11 billion with goods and services, most of that is what takes place in the prison and then the goods and services is so 11 million dollars nine sorry a billion nine billion for products and services like what we're talking about these um the the uh, services for city county local jurisdictions and then the goods and services that take place within the in the prisons 11 billion dollars generated that's california and here we are talking about arizona
4: you're you're right um and it is very frightening uh To hear this type of stuff, but uh, let me give you some updates on Arizona. Uh, First of all, (laughs) Arizona doesn't even have an exception clause. There's 25 states that have no exception clause, and there's 25 that did. It's one of the ones that didn't even have an exception clause. They're just exploiting the amendment to the fullest degree. They also uh, participate in human trafficking, which is illegal globally. And when I say that is because Arizona is one of those hubs where other states ship their prisoners. For instance, when Eloy Prison, which is mentioned, I believe, in that article, was built, it was built only to house Hawaiians. So they were sending people from Hawaii, if you commit a crime in Hawaii, across the ocean to Arizona to do time yeah. in a prison in Arizona where you've never done any crime whatsoever. So if your family wanted to uh, visit you if you had children you wanted to visit you that was impossible for them virtually impossible and they knew it and because they own these prisons across the country they figured that they could send them to any one of their locations and it would be okay it's not okay that's human trafficking arizona also has these exorbitant crazy contracts with the for-profit private prisons out there at least three of three mm. of their prisons at one time had a contract guaranteeing 100% occupancy for 25 years, 100% oh occupancy for <laughs> right. 25 years right. So guaranteed. Matter, <laughs>
6: right. Talk about incentives. <laughs> right.
4: So, you know, if oh. they didn't have enough prisoners, they created more or, oh. or, or imported more in from places like Hawaii. Um, and, uh, the ACLU has just did this huge report that by now everybody should have read, and if you haven't, you should. It's called, uh, I believe it's called uh, prison, la- oh, captive labor, exploiting prison labor. Uh, everybody should read that report. It's just really mind-blowing to see it. And they said in there that it's like $11 billion in labor that's generated through these prisons. Um, in Texas... They're doing the same thing, and it's generating $77 million a year in the labor there. And they don't even pay them in Texas. Uh, there's five states where they don't pay you nothing, and some states pay you $0.03, cents, like Alabama. Other states might go as high as 40 or $0.50 cents an hour, but you never see any of it as an inmate because they take it out uh, for everything from room and board to food to medical to phone calls to necessities that you have to purchase where they have exclusives. Uh, no big contracts with the prisons to sell you things at exorbitant prices I mean you're bringing in ten cents an hour and they want you to buy uh spend up to two and three dollars for ramen noodles a pack of ramen noodles that cost ten cents anywhere else so yeah it and, and it's indication or rather it's an example of other states doing exact same thing um uh, across this country. They'd fall apart without their prisons or their prison labor. I could name some of them right off the top. Colorado would not exist without their prisons and their prison labor. Um, It has some of the most high maximum security prisons in the world. uh, And many counties uh, uh, count on those prisons' existence for the employment and for the revenue that they generate. In Texas, they had another one out there. They had to shut the prison down. It basically destroyed the whole county. Uh, I forget what the name of it is right now. Uh, maybe Sister Savannah would know if she's listening. Call in and let us know which one it was. But that's happening all over America. And the jails do the same thing. Some of these cities wouldn't be able to function without the jails. Imagine what New York would lose without Rikers Island and the money it generates. Sister Nube? No, I, I,
6: absolutely. and. And that's also what makes me think that even if Arizona doesn't have an exception clause, we still have the 13th Amendment, the federal. Our our federal constitution clearly allows for slavery, and so they don't really have to. And so, um, again, this is what we are trying to change. I mean, ultimately, we we need to abolish slavery, period. And the same with California. California has one of the biggest prison systems in, in the world. We have, you know, I don't know the number. You're great with all of these things, but if we, we have, you know, like 33 or 34 prisons. I mean, think about that. If we are generating, you know, $11 billion into our economies here in, in California from prisons, um, yeah, the incentive to keep people in there working. I mean, think about this. this. is just a sick business model as well, thinking about how, well, we just need to have people in here to even upkeep the prisons. Um, and here's the interesting thing that I also wanted to bring out, one one other thing. And I know that you always talk about these things.
4: I think we lost you there for a moment. You might have made it yourself.
6: Oh, sorry. Yes, I've, Please, I've, uh, actually uh, my kitty cat did that. <laughs> Hi. <laughs>
4: so,
6: just recently, I know everybody knows this, um, but President Biden just gave Ukraine $1.7 billion to make sure that their frontline workers were getting paid. So let's uh, think about the imperialistic nature of this and and so and, and I love that we are talking on a global uh, uh, you know um, through a global lens as well. this is uh, so much of what you when, especially when you talk about human trafficking but think about that one point seven billion dollars sent to another country that's at war and they're killing their people and destroying the land and we're participating to keep, but to keep their frontline work, workers paid um, while it would cost apparently only one point five billion dollars to pay the prisoners who do the upkeep here in California. If you just paid them a minimum wage, it would only cost one point five billion dollars while generating eleven billion. I mean how sick is this?
4: That's the hypocrisy of the Biden administration. Um he's also offered to pay Mexicans who were helping fight forest fires at the border there that were created here in the US But he's not willing to pay inmates who are fighting the same forest fire on this side. So you'll give money to the Mexicans, but you're not going to give it to the inmates who are actually risking their lives to do it. And you're you're right. We are talking today about a global perspective because, you know, how we see ourselves and how people outside of America see us is totally two different things. So if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. I, I do have a clip I want to play from India where they talk about how they see us. And uh, it's going to be followed by Brother Killer Mike and the song Reagan. If you've never heard that before, you're in for a treat. So, Sister New Bay, if you don't mind hanging out with us tonight, since it's just me. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to go ahead and get into this clip, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. Abolition Abolition. And
7: before I get to this next story, I want to recap some recent events for you. On the 12th of April, the United States said it is monitoring, quote-unquote, a rise in human rights abuses in India. The very next day, America schooled Russia again on human rights. U.S. President Joe Biden accused the Kremlin of orchestrating a genocide in Ukraine. Why don't I play out that soundbite for you first?
2: Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide a half a world away.
7: So this is the United States of America, all rich in its lecturing, a champion when it comes to pointing a finger at others. But what about what's happening on its own soil? Do you know what happened to a black man in America recently? He was shot in the head by a white police officer. The man died. This happened in the state of Michigan. The victim's name, Patrick Loa. he was all of 26. On the 4th of April, Patrick was in his car outside his house. A policeman pulled him over. Body cam footage shows Leoya getting out of his car. The policeman asked him to get back in. Loha looks confused. He was originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo Uh, so even after the officer asked him to get back into the car, the man continues to stand outside looking confused. Perhaps he did not understand what the police officer said. The policeman then asks, can you speak English? Yes, says Loha. He is asked to show his license but Loha starts running from the policeman. The two wrestle on the ground. The white policeman gets out his taser gun. The two fight over it. The policeman asks Loya to get to let go of the taser. And at this point, the body cam, the body cam goes off. But a person who was in the passenger seat of Loya's car continues filming what was happening. That video shows the white officer shooting Loya at the back of his head what it called for. The authorities have no answer. They say the officer concerned is being investigated. The lawyer who is representing lawyer's family says the 26-year-old was shot when he, when he was on the ground and facing away from the officer. In other words, the white police officer did not shoot the black man in self-defense. Now, honestly, one should not be surprised if this claim is proven in court. America is a land of police brutality. It is the land where George Floyd was killed, where Michael Brown was killed. Both were men of color, both were unarmed. This is Dante Wright. He was all of 20 when an American police officer shot him. What was Wright doing? He was driving with his girlfriend. Why did the police shoot him then? They say one officer mistook her gun for a taser. Again, America for you. Meet Brianna Taylor. She was 26 and asleep at home. Three plainclothes police officers arrived at her apartment and said they want to search the place. Why? For drugs, they said. The story ends with Taylor being shot eight times. Again, that's America for you. The same America that lectures the world on human rights. The same America where people like Taylor, like Loa, are killed every day by men and women in uniform and yet somehow the White House thinks it has the license to go about schooling the world on human rights. Does the US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken know that between twenty thirteen and twenty twenty one American police killed over nine thousand people? Nine thousand people and we are not even counting and we're not even accounting for the incidents for May twenty twenty one. If killing innocent people is not human rights violation, what is? How about America tries to answer this question first before lecturing others.
3: Our government has a firm policy not to capitulate to terrorists' demands, that no concessions policy remains in force. In spite of the wildly speculative and false stories our arms for hostages and alleged ransom payments, we did not repeat did not trade weapons or anything else for hostages.
9: The ballot of the bullet Freedom of some bullshit Will we ever do it bigger Just keep settling full of shit We brag on having bread But none of us are bakers We all talk having greens But none of us own acres If none of us own acres And none of us grow weak Then who will feed our people When our people need to eat So it's things our people saw From lack of understanding Cause all we seem to give them Is some ballin' and some dancing Talking about our car And imaginary mansions We should be indicted For bullshit we inciting And children deaf and pretending it's exciting we are advertisements for agony and pain we exploit the youth we tell them to join the gang we tell them dope stories introduce them to the gang just like oliver north introduced us to cocaine in the 80s when them bricks came on military planes.
3: few months ago i told the american people i did not trade arms for hostages My heart and my best intentions still tell me that's true, but the facts and the evidence Tell me it is not.
9: The end of the Reagan era. I'm like Lema 12, or Old enough to understand the shit that changed forever. They declared a war on drugs like a war on terror. But what they really did was let the police terrorize whoever. But mostly black boys. But they would call us niggas. And lay us on our belly while they fingers on their triggers. They boos was on our head. They dolls was on our crotches. And they would beat us up if we had diamonds on our watches. And they would take our drugs and monies as they pick our pockets. I guess that that's the privilege of policing for some props. But thanks to Reaganomics, prison turned to profit, because free labor's the cornerstone of U.S. economics, because slavery was abolished, unless you are in prison, you think and read the 13th Amendment. And voluntary servitude and slavery get prohibited. That's why they giving drug offenders time and double-dissed. Ronald Reagan was an actor, not at all a factor. Just an employee of the country's real master. Just like the Bushes, Clinton and Obama just another talking head telling lies on teleprompters. If you don't believe the spirit, then argue with this logic. Why did Reagan and Obama both go after cadastro? We can the sovereign soil going after oil. Taking countries is a hobby paid for by the old. Like me. Same as in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I'm a dinner judge. Say they coming for Iran. They only love the rich and how they load the poor, If I say any more, they might be at my door. Who the fuck is that? Staring in my window, doing that surveillance? Oh, Mr. Michael Rinder. I'm dropping off the grid, before they pump the lead. I leave you with a word, I'm glad Reagan
10: dead
11: Abolition. Abolition.
4: Abolition. Abolition, Abolition, That was a clip from gravitas about the U.S. human rights hypocrisy going on right now. And it was followed by Killer Mike Reagan. So yeah, that's India talking. And I think we got uh, Yusuf might be on the line. Yusuf, is that you? 8535, five, you are on mute. You might want to open up your mic. Yes, sir. Yeah. This right. is your
1: brother, Yusuf Hassan. I'm reaching out to you from the Confederate state of North Carolina. I have crossed the Mason-Dixon line and entered into enemy territory.
4: Uh-oh, bro. <laughs> Good thing you got a couple friends down here. So uh, are, you un- are you unpacked? No.
1: I mean... Everything is off the truck. I just haven't. I don't have anything set up. I'm actually sitting in my car talking to you.
12: Oh. This is the okay. only
1: quiet. it's the only
4: quiet space I have right now. All right. You okay. want to add anything to what we were just listening to or been saying?
1: Listen, man. The professor brought receipt.
4: <laughs>
1: she brought the receipt, and you know she drove it home, and she's like, "Look, how can you lecture the world on?" you know, things without even, like, looking in your own backyard. And so, yeah, when you're talking about being a hypocrite, there it is right there. That is hey, hypocrisy. Man.
4: Just Sister Nube, you want to chime in?
6: Oh,
4: you cool. might be, Yeah.
1: You.
6: Hey, Yusuf, it's great to hear you. Um, hey, Sister Nube, yeah. great hearing you as well. <laughs> uh,
8: for yeah. those who don't know Nube's
4: editor of the San Francisco Bayview News. <laughs> also
6: yes, the National the Black Abolition. Newspaper, thank you.
4: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
7: you wow, saying?
6: well, I mean, yeah, I wanted to just, I mean, I, I love that. I, and I think it's really important that we hear more and more about how the rest of the world sees us because we have a real problem looking in the mirror in this country. We just had a tribunal, an international tribunal. Uh, last year in October and we charged genocide. This isn't the first time, but on five counts and she, the first count is racist police killings of black, brown, and indigenous people and the second count is hyper-incarcerations of black, brown, and indigenous people. The third count is p- political incarceration of civil rights, national liberation era revolutionaries and activists as well as present day activists. I mean, and and the jurists. The international jurist found the United States guilty on all five charges. I only just read three because it's very it's very particular to what we're talking about right here. But, in the
4: spirit of Mandela.
6: Um, in the spirit of Mandela, yes. And so I do encourage people to go to that website, website, which is spiritofmandela.org. Just all one word, spirit of Mandela. And you can also read it on the tribunal2021.com um, uh, website as well if you want to go right to the jurist. Uh, website, but yeah, I think it's incredibly important that we uh, we continually expose the the public to the, the hypocrisies because right now because we have now generations hundreds of years of being made numb and conditioned to to justify what is taking place in this country and especially when we're talking about you know war and imperialism and slavery we are constantly being asked to justify and the police killings again. They always get their due process. Very few of them are, are, are ever, you know, charged or have to face any time. And they are murdering people and not having to be accountable for it. And this is something that we, def- we need to have our conditioned and colonized minds um, changed, uh, you know, shifted from.
4: One of the things that I want to pull out of that hat that we just heard is very much like Reagan and his war on drugs – There was another era like that with the Clintons and Bidens, and if we remember, the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act, uh, or the 1994 crime bill, uh, at this point stood as the largest crime bill in the history of the United States. And it had 356 pages that provided for 100,000 new police officers and also nearly $10 billion in funding for prison. It created an incentivization for states to adopt this crime bill, like the three-strike laws, a mandatory minimum, so that they could receive this funding, this $10 billion that was dangling out there, if they would just hire more cops to arrest more people and build more prisons to put them in. Uh, And this was during the period of the Central Park Five when Hillary Clinton was talking about keeping them in the heel and uh, Biden was calling them – calling it a racial jungle, and Clinton was calling it super predators, and they were demonizing young black youths. That was what created what we see today, right, $10 billion, 100,000 new cops, and all these states adopted it. And that was Biden's hand directly on that. It's the specific reason why I refused and still refuse – to endorse him because he should be held for criminal charges, international criminal charges for crimes against humanity. He knowingly did that. So did the Clintons. But let me tell you what he's doing lately, because you knew he was a snake when you picked him up. And this is why I could not condone it. He just approached Congress for $37 billion for crime prevention programs with $13 billion over the next five years to hire and train an additional 100,000 police officers. He's breaking his own records. What I just told you, the 94 crime wheel was the largest ever, and he just tripled that, approaching Congress for the same exact Thing and we saw the ripple effects of the original 1994 crime bill, how it's developed into what we know now. What do you think is going to happen if he does it again with even more money? Even more money. And this is the man we're supposed to trust, right? That's that's we're supposed to vote for him in the next uh election. I'm about to pull my eyeballs out. Uh, you said for uh, Sean or <laughs> New Bay, you know, China? you know,
1: and. and- And we're not going to let him off the hook. So we know about the 1994 crime bill, but he also wrote Reagan's Comprehensive Crime Control Act. He wrote that. He was the one that drove Reagan into bringing the private prisons in. He brags about every piece of legislation dealing with crime, you know, policing, he wrote all of them since the '70s. He openly brags about this, you know. So, this isn't new. This is him being who he's always been. He's always been this person. Yeah. It's, so his
4: answers. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's uh, more money, so we can create more slave catchers, so that we have more slavery and more people's lives destroyed, so that we can have these revenue generators built <laughs> all across America. That wouldn't exist without black bodies and that if you don't have them they make or break your county or your city or your state because they generate that much money for you I mean I mean they must think we're stupid a lot of people apparently do because they went ahead and voted for this fool anyway they allowed them to even get in the door saying that Trump was worse I mean okay for you to say if you're not directly affected by this But if you're one of the millions and tens of millions of people who are directly affected by this, you might think a little bit differently. We're like, well, I get to shoot myself in the head or lay on a grenade. That's the choice, huh? (laughs) You know, that's what we see it at. Anybody want to say anything uh, before I get into the next segment?
5: Oh, there's a hand up. Go ahead. I was just going to bring it back to the – historical international context because you just played the song about Reagan and Reagan I believe was the president that signed um, the um, convention on the prevention and punishment of the crime of genocide you know so, so what we do right. in this country is we politicize we weaponize you know these crimes against other countries which I think is what this episode is partly about but we can't admit that you know we have decades and sorry centuries old genocide happening right now and what happened like with the international i'm sorry the convention on universal human rights in 1948 then we have the the recharge genocide petition in 1951 and you have um eleanor roosevelt coming out against that saying you know they have to protect this nation you know against these charges you know so i think to me it's about um politicizing and um these crimes but also um um protecting you know an image, you know, or, or protecting the fallacies and the deceptions. So we need, you know, um, programs like yours and pro- in other countries from outside the United States putting pressure on the United States to end these things. It's not going to come from the United States itself. You know, the, the activists in the, in the other countries pointing to hypocrisy. But um, those who came before us all said the same thing.
4: Uh, Malcolm said it. Frederick Douglass did it. Martin said it. it, It's not about just us. These are human rights violations, crimes against humanity, not crimes against Americans, crimes against humanity. It should be everybody's business. Uh, We got 2776. Your line is open. Welcome to Abolition Today.
12: I think I know who that is.
4: 2776. You might be on mute. I'll leave your mic on. Uh, uh, I, I can Hello? hear you. Yes. Hey,
13: Max, this is Clarence from San Antonio.
4: Hey, what's happening, Clarence? Uh, <laughs> hey, what's saying, going
13: on,
4: you're, you're right on time because the next track that I was going to play uh, after this call was some music that you shared with me. Great, great. Hey, what I called
13: out was, was for, um, we need to make a list. <clears throat> of fascists and abolitionists and on that list we need to have people politicians corporations states universities police departments that are that are overtly um, proponents of slavery and shouldn't be getting funding from the from the federal government if they're if they're racist and uh, promoting slavery we need
4: to cut their funds. Um, cut off the purse strings is a good idea, uh, but the federal government itself is the criminal in this case. That's who we're charging is committing crimes right. against humanity. Uh, so right, but we what, we need,
13: to, what we, need to do, we need to do is have a list of people who are who are obviously fascists and people who are obviously abolitionists, so that we support the abolitionists and boycott the fascists.
4: I'm with boycotting fascists, and I'm with supporting abolitionists. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, well, how, fact, do it said, how do we get it? How do
13: how we do get we that get boy- done? I mean, is this the website that, that has that, that has people listed as fascists or abolitionists, and we have to decide which one you are and, and sign a name to the list, and I, then I, act accordingly.
4: I suspect that book will be as big as the book of life here in America. Uh, there are <laughs> yeah, 350 that's million true, people. Uh, if you start writing down names now, in 30 years, you might be a third of the way through. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I think we on to pri- hold
13: my theories.
4: <laughs> we, got, we, got to, we got to prioritize. You know, we got to prioritize. Who is yes. the most dangerous fascist that we have to face? Because, you know, the for-profit prison, Wackenhut, was created by four FBI agents. And one of them, the reason that he got involved with the government be- was because he had the l- largest dossier, a dossier on uh, anti-war and militant people in the United States. But ba- basically, it was black people. He had all of the black people's and, names, numbers, and addresses, and that's what he used as his way to get involved with the FBI and then finally to start Wacken Hut, which became, as we know it today, the Geo Group, one of the largest for-profit privately owned companies and cre- on planet Credit
13: Earth. Karma is affiliated with Wacken Hut. Credit Karma. They, they support Wacken Hut.
4: Yes. Uh, there's a lot of companies and people that own stock in these for-profit private prisons like, uh, Wackenhut, the Geo Group, G4S, Allied International, uh, oftentimes you don't even know you have investments in them. They come in the way of your 401Ks, for instance, and the retirement plans and investment plans, where you have a broker that makes blind investment, And the largest firms that manage those is Pershing LLC, and uh, the other one is, uh I'm trying to think of the name. of Vanguard the, the Vanguard Group. Yes, the Vanguard Group. Uh, So those are two of the biggest investors that just take people's money, and you don't even know that you're paying for prisons, and yet that's where your money's going, and that's how you're making your profit. Uh, At one point, we found out that the teachers' union had like $100 million collectively invested in the construction of for-profit private prisons, which is a conflict of interest because you're retiring partially based on how many of your students make it to prison. Well, maybe we could
13: make the top ten list.
4: That sounds better. Uh, we could do a deck of cards okay. like you did rap, The ace, the king.
1: The, the problem,
4: yeah. The problem
1: with that is like trying to ask someone, "Who's your top ten list of best rappers of all time?" Because it's like everybody belongs on that top ten list. Yeah, I'm well, just trying
4: uh,
13: to think of something. I'm tired. I'm tired of this
4: mess. We all tired of it, bro. And you know what we start off in slavery. If that don't oh, knock some yeah. dominoes down, nothing will. If, when should we end true, slavery? True the dominoes have got to start falling because it's new territory. We've never been through this door before. What could possibly happen? We don't know. So we have to open that door and honor our ancestors by finishing what they started, end slavery. There is no place in this world where it should be okay for a constitution to say we can use slavery as a punishment for crime. That is unacceptable anywhere. And you, know what's cra- you know what's crazy is that
13: it. they're charging people with terroristic threats now, like we're domestic terrorists, for speaking out against their fascism. Mm. Like Scotty Reed. Scotty Reed's got charges now for, 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 for reporting on a protest. Just they're they're using the law against For us. a
4: couple hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, protesting the killing of one of the residents there where he lives in Mecklenburg. Maclever County, uh, in North Carolina, um, and they yeah. arrested him and right. a couple of other people. They arrested as well uh, for, uh, I guess, uh, I think I think you said the charge was inciting a riot. I saw the video. It was just like 10, 15 people there. It wasn't inciting no riot. They were just outside of the police department. But you had uh, the 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 it wasn't the court, but the, the what's the smaller version of the court where the rat catchers can do the job. You said, magistrate's court, right? They had the magistrate's court there. Uh, so yeah. that was where they were protesting at, right? Yeah, rat catchers can be magistrates. You don't need a degree to be a magistrate and decide somebody's right. You. But, uh, yeah, and they arrested him. Uh, they arrested a couple other people. He had to, he got out of jail. Somebody bailed him out, and they went right back to try to help the people that were there. It's a hell of a story. Check them out as Scotty Reed, or uh, you can probably hear about it on his uh, website, which is blacktalkradionetwork.com. All right, so let's talk more about some homegrown uh, hypocrisy. Uh, I have a lot to say about, it, about this uh, clip that you're going to hear, but I think I'll hold it until afterwards. So let's just go ahead and listen to Vice President Kamala Harris make these remarks at the 113th NAACP Convention. And that's going to be followed by a song that was uh, provided to me by Brother Clarence right there. It's Karma from Saba the Goddess featuring Dominique Christina. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org We'll be right back after this. Abolition. Abolition.
14: And think about it. For the first time in generations, the United States Supreme Court, the highest court of our land, the former court of Thurgood Marshall, took a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America, from the women of America. We know, NAACP, that our country has a history of claiming ownership over human bodies. And today, extremist so-called leaders, are criminalizing doctors and punishing women for making healthcare decisions for themselves, personal decisions that is her right to make in consultation with her doctor, her pastor, her priest, her rabbi, her loved ones, not her government telling her what to do. And these so-called leaders, so-called, claim that, well, you know, we just think that this is a decision that should be made by the folks in the states. People in the states can vote on this. Right? But at this moment, many of those same so-called leaders are the same ones who are passing laws to restrict the ability of people to vote laws they're passing laws the same people laws that ban drop boxes and restrict early voting laws that make it illegal to give people food and water for waiting in line to vote Undemocratic law. Un-American law.
15: I've been praying, I've been silent, I've been crying, signing, complying and non-violent. And I ain't lying, I've been leaving things unspoken, just choking, I'm hoping till it exploded. Cause I was reading every verse in the Bible, some to gon' rival. Now I am a riot, disciple of the fire, woman of iron. And this here, point blank, shots and blood, claps on their plots and watch bridges burn. I am the pathway to no return. My name is Karma, but you can call me that. Energy coming back around like who you fuckin' with I'm just karma, but you can call me that bitch. Like I was don't let you get away with that bitch. This is karma, but you can call me that bitch. Energy coming back around like who you fuckin'
16: with I'm just karma, but you can call me that bitch. Like I was don't let you get away with that bitch. This is payback. Me on your neck, slidin' your ass, in, yeah I'm coming. Karma, karma,
15: I want you It's a karma, karma, I want you this ain't a song, it's an anthem This ain't a shot, this a hand one Can't hold my culture for ransom This is a war fucker tantrum I'm standing in the midst of smoke alarms Adarmed, who unarmed? Nine millimeter lucky charm Who you trying to disarm? May not leave you unharmed. harm I'm flipping tables like Jesus to prove my thesis There's no greater teacher than the Easter Let a bad bitch speak My love. name is Karma But you can call me that. Energy coming back around like who you fucking with I'm just karma, but you can call me that bitch. Like I was gonna let you get away with that bitch. This is karma, but you can call me that bitch. Energy coming back around like who you fuckin' with I'm just karma, but you can call me that
16: bitch. Like I was gonna let you get away with that bitch. It's karma, karma. I warned you. It's karma. Opponent. This is payback, knee on your neck, foot
17: in your ass, and yeah, I've come a man from inescapable past, beginning about the mass, the cataclysm is cast down, that escalator. And as romantic as pacifism is, these days I dream of dictators falling headfirst into karma And forget to be afraid if I could write this shit in fights fight, I would write this shit in five This ain't poetry, it's rage unmuted A verb, a means, an end This is my body, this is a sacrifice This is an offering, this is Sankofa and Ammanla, south Southside Chicago and... California, red hook projects in Jersey, Roosevelt projects in Brooklyn. This is severed hands, clubs against flesh, black boots to pregnant bellies, this is sterilization, inoculations, leg irons and chains, bits, the bit, the noose, this is a war cry. Tell master I'm coming back, carrying fire in my knapsack, tell 'em. I'm Patrice La Stephen Vico, Fred Hampton, Fanny Lou Hama, tell em, they have been born again in mother tongue buried under the rubble of the world trade center tell him this shit ain't no poem. this is me running naked from sugarcane and cotton fields having dropped my crocus back tell him he can call me karma i'm refreshing the bones a witch a root worker a sorceress a priestess a gangster yeah
4: what's happening I mean? you said you uh what you got to say about that brother that was uh V.P. Harris, her remarks at the 113th NAACP convention, and uh, Karma by Saba the Goddess, featuring Dominique Christina.
1: So, first and foremost, I'm gonna big shout out to that sister that did that track right there. Because, uh, that was fire, the track. And, you know, getting back to Miss Vice President, you know, uh, a couple of things that just jump right out at me as she's talking. You know, you know, I always say people want to call everything slavery except slavery. There's always these references to slavery using something else. Like during the pandemic when the people weren't allowed to go get haircuts and pedicures and manicures, they were calling themselves slaves. You know what I'm saying? It's slavery. You know, so that jumps right out at me. And then when I hear her, you know, invoke the name of Thurgood Marshall, I'm immediately thinking of Thurgood Marshall Jr., who sat on the board of Core Civic. Right. You know, talking about right. being a complete disrespect to your father's legacy. You know, that you sit on a private prison board. You know, so those are the two things that jumped out at me immediately, you know. But, I mean, they're two big things. You know, again, everything is slavery except slavery.
4: Uh, uh, any of our callers, uh, your mics uh, are open. If you'd like to chime in, feel free uh, before I offer any any, offer any commentary.
5: I was just going to um, mention about um, it seems like history is being very much exploited for people who are looking for um presumably to be elected <laughs> or reelected. Um it seems like, you know, this history like almost like what you was saying, you know, it's 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 being used um for a certain means but it's not it's not the real history. Um you know, if they wanted to talk about the history of slavery, they would talk about history of slavery, but they're trying to they're trying to um exploit that history to get people to um all energize for a certain, you know issues which isn't the issues we're talking about you know um and it also seems that um i saw i recently um the governor newsom took out an ad um about um i believe it was um against uh, um, governor abbott in texas so it's kind of all these kind of national fights going on you know um directed towards you know gun violence and you know Um, reproductive justice, but they're just glazing over the history and practice of slavery while it's still happening. So it seems very exploitative and calculated to me. But I guess I'll leave it there. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that.
13: Can I say something? Yes. I think we need to focus on business and generating revenue so that we can fight fire with fire with our own economies of scale. Our
4: abolitionist businesses. We did that with Black Wall Street, but it it wasn't gold based. Uh, We were still using someone else's revenue or someone else's money uh, with someone else's faces on it, and they still had control of that. the,
13: The fact that they destroyed it means that we were on the right track. It means we need to continue on that track.
4: Well, again, I'm in agreement with you, brother, that we need to create some kind of an economy, but uh, I'm very single-minded focused, as you already know. Like, I'm not going to go and do the extra stuff until I get the main thing out of the way. And then we got a hell of a fight. I appreciate that. And that's that's just my perspective, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm just going to deal with this one thing, Yeah, and then after that, we can do all the other stuff, (laughs) you know? And there's a lot to do after that. Yep, a lot to do. We got a couple of people with their hands up, so let me uh, bring in 1111. I think you called in through Skype or something like that. You're here with us on the abolition today. Hey, what's up, man? How y'all doing?
0: This is Naj. Please, please.
4: You said Nas.
0: No, Nod, nah, not not the rapper. Oh Nod,
4: nah. oh what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like oh we got Nod. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I was
1: thrown off.
0: Too.
4: Nah. <laughs> What's up, <laughs> Nod? Nah, you got a question or comment,
0: brother? Yeah, I, I just had a comment. Uh, like I, I, y'all got to give me the name of the artist for one, because they're gonna look old girl up.
4: Cause, That's yeah. the There's goddess, G O D I S. Alright, i Okay.
0: No issue. Appreciate it. But as far as the Kamala Harris thing, that's probably in the top percentile of Kamala Harris' speeches. Like, that's probably uh-huh. her at her best away from speech writers and all of that, her kind of putting her little spin into it. So for those who don't read, that probably came off really well. Like, if you're a person looking at the abortion situation, looking at the Supreme Court situation, you probably, if, if you're a you know like a liberal you, you probably were like yeah see kamala is, is better than what people thought and they probably riding with it but like you guys said you see she's invoking different things in american history but completely misusing them in order to prove a point and to also kind of play into the liberal narrative of uh of of oppression that they don't really see as opposed to what you know the normal black person Latino, or whatever in America actually sees. So I, I think she gets paid twice with that speech, man. I, I think that speech actually works for her, and I, I think it's a sad reflection on the country that that actually works. But just think about the people who don't read, the people who wouldn't be able to call out everything you guys called out in the past minute or so and be able to kind of see through it. But, right. yeah, man, that's, it's a sad state of affairs when you see somebody using yeah, it's like thing, some of my
4: ancestors in that way. It's like some Edward Bernays strategy, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. dangling things out for you to follow, and making you know little key words that make you think of something else, and immediately associated with this, and latch on to that. It's, it's pretty crazy, man. Thank you for your commentary. Appreciate that, Naj. Um, let me right. bring right. in one Love more guy. Uh, hang on, brother. If you feel you want to comment later on, feel free. Uh, Just watch your background noise for me, if you don't mind. Uh, Eight seven six two, you're here with us on abolition today. Hello. Hello, we can hear you. Uh who's oh, on the line?
18: Okay. Great. I'm needed. I'm Karen. I hope I'm you can hear me well. Hey. You can hear me well Max?
4: Yes, we can hear you well, Karen. How, how are you? And oh. uh you have something to okay. add, I'm sure.
18: Yeah, oh just short and sweet, just to all the women in there, uh, who are in the plantation as we like to say on the show. Um let your heart not be weary. There are people who are fighting uh, for you. <laughs> there are. I also um, want to shout out to the women who are part of the abolition movement uh, who spoke last show, last week show, and um, who are continuing to work just in their daily lives to push this forward, which is <laughs> to end slavery. So, yeah, um, Dr. I mean uh, Kamala Harris's speech was interesting because she can't talk about women's rights when there are literally women who have no rights. <laughs> so we're fighting for those women because they deserve rights. They deserve um, tampons because in prisons they don't survive that freely even though women are women and that's what our bodies do but that's the conversation we're having. That's the fight that we're in. So again, you know, I worry right because the rights in prison is doesn't exist because they're not people. They're not women. Um, so that's another battle we're in and that's what we're fighting. So I don't even pay attention to what comes out of my mouth, because I'm thinking about the action of women who are actually working now. So um, I can't get excited about a first black vice president when there's a sea of black women just incarcerated. And shout out to those women um, who think that the law can set them free. Um, just continue to keep reading the law and know that they are lawyers who are also going to continue, abolition lawyers who are continuing to read the law and finding ways to get them out so they can... Um, Redeem their lives, become citizens again, and, and incorporate. Um, I mean, include, be included in our community, and just be forgiven as people, and um, be mothers again, and sisters again, and friends again, and students again, and um, and just people in our society that we value again. Because when they're incarcerated, we don't value them, and that's the problem. So shout out to you, Max. Shout out to everybody who is listening and supporting abolition today, because it's the fight, and um. We
4: don't talk about Roe versus Wade. We talk about slavery because that's the battle. Uh, we, well, here, so, we just try to stay focused. But we can talk about everything uh, just here okay. on this program because there's so few people who actually address this issue that we feel we need to stay consistent. Absolutely.
18: Indeed. i stand with you. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, cool. Thank you for your comments. Okay. I appreciate that so much, my sister. Uh, I, I want to make a couple of uh, yeah. statements about this as well. Uh, and it's it's. Coming from a personal perspective, because I've had some experience with her, Um, back in 2015, uh, when her office was approached by the fact that they were using slave labor uh, to fight forest fires and the idea of even paying them came into play the first time, her office issued a letter saying that it would cost the state of California a billion dollars a year if they paid inmates who were firefighters and they could not afford it. And here we are, 2022, where Gavin Newsom's office did exactly the same damn thing to kill ACA 3 right. at the very last minute for the very same exact reason. Now, when we right. launched the federal joint resolution on Juneteenth of 2020, we were in contact with Kamala Harris's office. She knows about what we're doing. She knows about how we call it slavery. She knows about the 13th Amendment, and California was her state. Um, So I'm very aware that she knows all about what we're doing. And then to get up there and use slavery as the example for what's happening with the Roe versus Wade decision, and not even mention anything about actual real slavery that she she knows all about, and the efforts to end it knows all about it. Never said a word in support, not even when we were doing it for California. And now acting like we don't exist. I feel like sitting freaking rolling around here. Like I'm no, what I say? I I mean, as abolitionists. Abolitionists are the ones <laughs> with the glass slipper fits. Why can't we go through the damn ball? Uh, you know, every time right. you get a chance to talk about it, it's something else that you want to call slavery. And you know all about this. So I have no doubt that when she said these things, she said them knowing the fight that's going on across the country. And I think that's shameful. But it's not the first time she's done it. We get what we pay for. We got Biden and we got Harris. We got the former top cop who defended slavery and had anti-black legislation. Parents who uh, were smoking marijuana <laughs> or if the kids came in late, things like that. And then we have the architect of modern day slavery and Joe Biden, uh, it's a lose-lose situation for us, apparently. And, well, unless anybody wants to add more to that, I'm going to switch us around a little bit. All right. That's awesome. (laughs) Pardon me. Uh, Because I do have a clip that talks all about the miseducation of the Negro. And it's a max mix about slavery uh, you, Some of you have already mentioned parts of it tonight So I think it's fitting that I should just go ahead and play if You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org And we'll be right back after this
0: Abolition, Abolition, Abolition
7: Hold on lockdown,
6: basically a do you, uh, do you feel enslaved? Uh, I do. I'm a type a lawyer, and I'm bouncing off the walls of my living room because I can't go out. Freedom! Freedom! Freedom!
8: Freedom!
2: With regard to the idea of whether or not you have a right to health care, you have to realize what that implies. It's not an abstraction. I'm a physician. That means you have a right to come to my house and conscript me. It means you believe in slavery. It means that you're going to enslave not only me, but the janitor at my hospital, the person who cleans my office, the assistants who work in my office, the nurses.
19: But see, you're a smart guy. You know the real history of that. It had nothing to do with slavery until the end. And 2% of the South had slaves. It's a total red herring. It was all about Western expansion, all about tariffs in the North on Southern goods. And then they just tell the public no it was about hating black people when in truth that's why uh, robert e lee was the top general in the north the commandant of west point they wanted him to be the head of the northern forces and he said i don't want to do this but this is illegal what you're doing i have to go join the south and robert e lee hated slavery one
2: good thing that came out of the civil war was that it ended of yes course it, was, it would have ended anyway eventually but you know there was more racism in the north than there was in the south you know
19: but again you're You read books, you read history, which makes you a racist. Uh, I mean, sarcastic, because with the new political correctness, they just trump our facts with just claiming we're racist, we're right-wing, we're hateful.
2: I mean, I think if we never fought that civil war, we wouldn't have the income tax today. We might not have the Federal Reserve. We might still be on a gold standard.
19: And we wouldn't have any slaves, so we'd all be a lot freer. Well, plus, if they do the background, most Americans that came here of any color their ancestors came here after the Civil War. Most white people have no connection to slavery, and so it's it's just asinine.
2: Well, of course not, and of course very few whites owned slaves. And in fact, fact there were even some blacks that owned slaves. So you know it wasn't like you know it was only white.
19: But look, I don't want look. It was a terrible thing. Slavery is the worst. No, thing. No, no, can... I totally agree. The, the, I mean, the issue is we're here watching the country in deep trouble, and this is still the biggest issue out there. That they use as a diversion. It is a diversion,
2: and you know, look, look. I'm Jewish. I mean, you know, there were there were Jews that were enslaved at one point too. But I'm not, you know, it, I don't, I'm not owed anything as a result of it. We have real economic problems, and we have modern slavery. So the Babylonians and the Egyptians don't owe you anything. No, we're all <laughs> slaves to the U.S. government. The way I look at it, this is one big giant plantation, and the government takes half of everything I earn, and then they try to control everything that I do. You know, the slave owner only got 10% of his slave's production. So the U.S. government gets a lot more from me, economically, than any plantation owner got out of his slave. That's right. what the fuck?
16: What
1: the fucking fuck? ...came here as involuntary immigrants.
13: If you come from outside to inside, you're an immigrant. I think people need to actually look up the word immigrant.
2: Okay, Ben Carson, challenge accepted. Let's look up the word immigrant. (laughs) Siri is a slave and immigrants.
8: Oh, hell no.
2: Look, the dictionary defines immigrants as a person who comes to a country to take up permanent residence. A person Firstly, slaves weren't considered people. They were considered property. Secondly, they didn't come to America. They were brought here by force. Eddie Murphy came to America. Kunta Kente was brought. Big difference, people. Big difference.
11: Don't sit here and tell me 400 years of slavery because your math is wrong. Anybody that tells you we have had 400 years of slavery is a lie. America was formed in 1776. Slavery ended in 1865. That's 89 years. America is 243 years old. It has not even, it has barely been 30% of our generation, so of our existence. So, in America. Uh, 70% of America's existence Has been without slavery 70% of America Has been without slavery We're 243 years old 70% of us Have been without slavery In our existence in America so, please stop this 400 years of life. It's a lie. It's a lie. And see, well, we mean 400 years of slavery and oppression. Oh, now you mean, now you have to add. America was not formed in 1619. How many of you so-called black experience, you know, you black Muslims. You, you know, you want folks say you can't blame somebody for what somebody else did? Hmm? How many of you say that? How many of you sit here and say, don't blame me for what your ex did. Okay, so how can you blame America for what happened under British rule? America was under British rule to 1776. America was not formed to 1776. You cannot blame a company for what the previous owner of the company did. If you tried to sue my company because 10 years ago when it was under another name, under other management did something to you, you would lose in court. So if you couldn't bring back to the court, how do you expect to bring back to an argument?
2: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
20: Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm -mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No, thanks. Don't mind me, I'ma just grab myself and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I
0: don't really care.
4: I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. Abolition. Abolition. Today. Abolition. Today.
0: Abolition. Yeah,
4: like what can you say? The miseducation of the Negro about slavery, a max mix. Um, your mic's all open if you have something you want to say. But I don't even know what I could add to that. Max, thank
1: you so much for that track <laughs> that played in the end.
4: Because that,
1: um, first of all, I'm glad my mom isn't listening tonight. You know, so, you know, because you know we've been hearing about our, F and our F-bomb. But that was absolutely needed. You know, we definitely needed that the drop at that moment. Because it's like, what else could you say behind all of that? You know, it's like, yeah, man, F this. I'm out. You know, because it's like. Like, I wouldn't engage in conversation with any of those people. I don't have the, you know, just the mental patience to deal with some of the delusional stuff that I was hearing during that
8: track.
13: I'm
6: confused. (laughs) I mean, everybody pipe in. That was intense. Thank you, Max, for bringing that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's what I we love. The person that said everybody
6: is. that's been listening to this is now dumber <laughs> from what you just said. That was beautiful.
7: <laughs> like no, we're not. <laughs> right.
4: Like what the hell were they talking about, man? You you talking about health care workers are enslaved because of universal health care. What the hell? Oh, my God. These are the same people who's not giving us time of day. Uh, you know, what we're hey, doing with today, we don't care about. Go ahead. Can
6: I, this is Nube, and I, can I just um, – that was really amazing. But I'll tell you, um, can I just bring it back around to the whole Roe v. Wade thing for just a second because yes. there is a direct connection here in terms of slavery that I, um, I, I, I think just needs to be mentioned. So there is a, there is a. um, I don't. Her name is Michelle Goodwin, and I'm sorry, I don't know what her title is. But let me just read this one quote because she very specifically makes it clear that the 13th Amendment and and this, um, you know, the ban and banning of abortion is in direct relationship with, um, uh, with. with uh, women and their, not only their reproductive rights, but how women's and black women's enslaved uh, women's labor was being exploited and enslaved. And I'll just read this one quote, uh, but I do encourage people to uh, look her up and read this article. When states coerce and force women, girls, and people with the capacity for pregnancy to remain preg- pregnant against their will, they create human chattel. And incubators of them. So yeah. there is a direct relationship here, and uh, and she and and in her article and in her commentary, she makes it very clear that um, the, again the connection between the Thirteenth Amendment, slavery, and uh, reproductive rights. Oh.
4: The same thing can be said about the euthanization processes that happened in California prisons to minority women as well. Uh, they Absolutely. were euthanizing. Absolutely. Uh, not euthanizing. Uh, what is the word for it? Uh, but it basically, it was tearing Terri- out the... Sterilization? Uterus. Sterilization. Matt. Sorry, I'm saying euthanization. Sterilization of women Hello? in California. I'm here. Go ahead, Corinne. One All second, Corinne. Okay. I can tell if I'm unmuted. I'm so sorry. I
18: apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I could bring it back to the women in prison. You know, um, the sexual assault um, race there is criminal, (laughs) really, Um, because how can they have a choice? Uh, Well, they don't have a choice because they're not recognized as people, and that's, again, the only connection. Um, So when they get sexually assaulted, when they get um, pregnant because of those sexual assault, um, the state does what they please with that baby, with that um, process, because they own them. Um, So, but women who are out and about, you know, we can always go back to the Constitution and say, hey, we have our life, um, because we can always see see the Constitution, but you can't when you're incarcerated because you don't count as a person. So, those women don't have a chance, so their bodies are more than incubated. They don't even belong to them. Um, So, that's the main connection. So, that's what I would say, and that's how I would always think about it and always remember um, we always have a fighting chance when we're out but once we're in bodies don't even belong to us so whatever happens to our right vaginas is theirs so
4: man woman and, and child probably, your body don't belong to you once you go into those prisons and jails
18: or those or child too, right.
4: yeah that's what I said man woman and uh, child you become I mean, property of you. the state um, and not only on the inside but on the outside, by the slave catchers, as a matter of fact, I want to share a story with you that just came out recently, um, July 18th of this year, and it says that you know, I say this too much often, too too often, but it always seems to be the damn police chiefs. A police chief in Pennsylvania may spend more than three decades behind bars for repeatedly raping and sexually assaulting a child relative of his friend carbon county judge joseph j Matika a uh, friday ordered 30-year-old former white chief of police brent gets brent gets to serve a sentence of 16 to 32 years in jail for the horrific crimes that took place over several years prosecutors announced in addition to the prison sentence judge Matika also ordered gets to serve three years of state probation following his release and registered as a sex offender for the remainder of his life under the Sex Offender Registration and Notification Act. This sentencing ensures that Getz is held accountable for his horrific attack actions and that his victim receives long-awaited justice. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro said in a statement, my office is committed to protecting and standing up for children across the Commonwealth. Getz and other bad actors like him who abuse their positions of authority will be prosecuted to the fullest Um, They go into some detail on here about how old the girl was, saying that uh, she she was under 13 years old. It was a family member of a friend of his that he was abusing, and he had been doing it since she was four years old. Four years old, the police chief is raping a goddamn child. Four years old. And not a single mention in this whole article or any of the articles that I've seen said we should research this man's entire record. How many people are uh, right now need us the freedom behind his madness? Right. I mean, if he'll do that, he's capable right. of anything. And it's horrible what he has done. This is the police chief. This is not some deputy or some low-ranking fool. This is the freaking police chief that was doing this from the time the girl was four years old until at least 2012 or 2020 I'm sorry um, yeah, well, we got it, a, anybody
0: yeah but just real quick before, uh, before people comment on, on that particular story there's uh-huh. a chief of police in Lexington Mississippi who was unknowingly recorded by a former officer I, I actually have the recording on tonight
4: ah Oh, well, if you got the recording, <laughs> man, no need I, I for me I got it for to you today.
0: <laughs>
4: well, yeah, tell so us you about already it. know the story. Lead the way, man. Yeah, uh, so
0: tell them what, what you So Lessington, Lessington, Mississippi, police chief there, uh, officer who used to work there somehow figured out a way to get around him and record and got this guy on tape bragging about killing uh, possibly 13 black people in the line of duty. And bragging, claiming that he shot one black male hundred and nineteen times. So yeah.
4: yeah. What do you say they shot, is the they shot the car like three hundred and some three hundred and nineteen times. But he said I shot him myself hundred and nineteen times. And this was just one of thirteen people he claimed to kill. Well
18: they the once cars. again.
4: Sorry,
18: sorry. Mel. They're trained to kill black targets. You know, if you go to any police academy, you see a black, dark um picture and you shoot to kill. And that's what you're trained. So when it's in the line of duty, right? That's one of their favorite catchphrases. You do what you're trained. Um and that's psychology, that's intentional, that's sick, that's criminal, that should be prosecuted. Um but, you know, that's training as well, so it's a mess.
4: That's that's slave catchers for what, you. That when they're out what, hunting what people, about, what about,
13: it's genocide. What, what about the homosexual well. rape that goes on in prison by the COs and all that
0: other um, inmates? Yeah, the, the COs last time by I was, heard... but, but see, but, but let me just say this real quick. That's another aspect of like the whole the whole reason like. People like you guys are fighting for abolition, and and I I would hope most people, once they hear about it, would understand and want to join the fight in that. But the other side of it is the idea of punishment being the uh, so-called justice in America. So the punitive nature of the Mm -hmm. American justice system includes the sexual assault, the rape, and everything else, because it's kind of understood as a nod and a wink like, these people deserve this barbarity. So you, you'll see a story about some criminal did X, Y, and Z, and you go to the comments immediately, you'll see regular nine-to-five church-going Americans telling you how they hope this person gets a sexually assaulted in prison.
4: Yep. So it's deeply ingrained in the American psyche. It certainly is. Um,
0: well, hey, there's, there's,
4: there's the,
8: guys,
4: the, I just uh, want to say one thing real. Hold on for American. a second. Hold on for a second, guys. I've only got a few minutes left, and I do want to get this other clip in. So I want to go ahead and give you guys a round robin, but let's try to keep it brief, and then we'll get into that clip that we was just talking about. So we'll start with Clarence. Well, the
13: Iceman's Inheritance talks about ice men, uh eating their females and their children and then raping each other. That's where all this barbarity comes from. It's been ingrained in them from the very start.
4: Sick, Clarence?
18: You just talked about it last week about how women are sexually assaulted, black African women are, African American women are sexually assaulted um, in slavery, but in black men are sexually assaulted in slavery as a way to make them feel like less like a man. Um, so that's how it's ingrained, and prisons are slavery, so that's how it's rampant. So, shout out to
4: Dr.
6: Yes, it's just a continued crime against humanity, and it ultimately it's genocide, and we just need to keep making sure that we do not uh, veer from our purpose forward.
4: Thank you. Naj? Oh, I have nothing
0: uh, to add.
4: Yusuf? I'm good, Max. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to what we were just talking about. Another Police Chief in Lexington, Mississippi Killed as many as 13 people that he's admitted to Well, you'll hear it And that's going to be followed by Nina Simone's Mississippi God damn if You're listening to Abolition Today Abolition We'll be right back after this Abolition Abolition The following Abolition. recording Abolition. Is of Officer Sam Dobbins The White Police Chief of Lexington, Mississippi an 85% majority black town on the edge of the Mississippi Delta.
0: I don't give a fuck if you kill a motherfucker with
19: cold blood. I will articulate to fix the fucking problem. And I'm the only man in the business here that's smart enough to do it. I have shot and killed in the line of duty 13 different people. You shot this nigga 119 times. times. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I say 67 kids, in a school vehicle was shot 319 times. But he was hit...
20: 119 times The name of this tune is Mississippi (laughs) Goddamn And I mean every word of it Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows about me fifty because Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? It's all in the air I can't stand the pressure much longer Somebody say a prayer Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee made me lose my rest And everybody knows about this Simply got This is a show tune But the show hasn't been written for it yet Hound dogs on my trail School children sitting in jail Black cat crossed my path I think every day's gonna be my last Lord have mercy on this land of mine We all gonna get it in due time I don't belong here I don't belong there I've even stopped believing in prayer Don't tell me I'll tell you, me and my people just about do. I've been there, so I know. Keep on straying, go slow. But well, that's just the trouble. Washing the windows. Picking the cotton. You're just plain rotten. You told me to wash and clean my ears And talk real fine just like a lady And you'd stop calling me sisters Hey,
4: just heard, uh, in his own words, Police Chief Sam Dobbins from Lexington, Mississippi, admitting to killing 13 people and shooting one person 119 times in a nation where the average cop uh, doesn't shoot more than one person in their whole career. And he's killed 13 of them. Um, I'm going to open this up for one more round, Robin, and then we're going to close it out. Thank our sponsors and go into uh, an amazing finishing clip we got for our Bridging the Gap. So let's start with you, of course.
1: You know, I, w- I would take what Nina said one step forward. So instead of just Mississippi goddamn, it's America goddamn. Because, you know, we have a system set up in America where that can be done and there is, you know, uh, no pushback on him. That is that is just definitely acceptable, and that's why he can sit around and brag about it. So yeah, America, goddamn.
4: All right, fam. I only got a few seconds uh, for each of us, so I'm gonna try to share it all around. Sister Nube, any final comments?
6: Yeah, I just really uh, just want to say I'm so grateful for all of the work any of all of you and anybody that you touch is doing. Because yeah, America, goddamn.
4: Love you. <laughs> Thank you. Love you
18: too, sister. Corinne? <laughs> hey, um, no, nothing to say. It's just well to be here. So you guys, you know, just continue on. The marathon Amen. continues. As California would say, we should say California, <laughs> goddamn, but the marathon continues.
4: <laughs> Brother Naj?
0: Yeah, shout out to Dr. Jeremiah Wright, who took on that same sentiment from Nina and add it on to it. So cultural progression, you see it. Uh, the great Dr. Terrified Wright, who so many people vilified, but who has helped so many lives and done so much for black people.
5: And salute to y'all for the show, man. Sean? Thank you, brother. Yeah, I just wanted to um, add to my um, gratitude for um, helping educate everybody about um, these issues and that last track, Um with the officer um, shooting 100 hundred times, this reminds me of, you know, um, the whippings that used to happen in slavery. So thank you for helping us make the connections from, the, um, from centuries to today. So um, very much respect. Thank you. Respect. Clarence? Liberty or death. <laughs>
13: peace to the abolitionists. And I'm praying for your health and
4: longevity, man. That's going to your Thank you, brother. I appreciate everybody that's called in tonight, all our listeners and supporters. Thank you so much. would be no us without you. I want to thank our sponsors and partners, J House Lawyers Speak, We Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, Same Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and Abolish Slavery National Network. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash today all the news, information, and music you heard on this program tonight. Abolition Today is available on all major podcast platforms, and remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us to become a part of the solution. In our Bridging the Gap segment this week, Florida-based poet Noriente, a.k.a. Kevin Campbell, performs Frederick Douglass's scathing speech on the two Christianities of America. From the book Life of an American Slave, Boston Anti-Slavery Office, 1845, found in appendix. Uh, that is max mixed with an instrumental version of M-I-L-C-K's Devil Devil, followed by d want and his song, Racist Christians. This is one of my favorite BTGs ever, so stay tuned. And until next week, when we have both myself, Tag Harmon, and Yusuf Hassan, all at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center together, think about abolition today. Peace. Abolition. Abolition.
12: This is Kevin Campbell, a.k.a. Noir Hente, doing a recreation of Frederick Douglass' Life of an American Slave, Boston Anti-Slavery Office, 1845 Appendix. I find, since reading over the foregoing narrative, that I have, in several instances, spoken in such a tone and manner respecting religion, as may possibly lead those unacquainted with my religious views to suppose me an opponent of all religion. To remove the liability of such misapprehension, I deem it proper to append the following brief explanation. What I have said, respecting and against religion, I mean strictly to apply to the slave-holding religion of this land, and with no possible reference to Christianity proper, for between the Christianity of this land and the Christianity of Christ, I recognize the widest possible difference. So wide that to receive the one as good, pure, and holy Is of necessity to reject the other as bad, corrupt, and wicked To be the friend of the one is of necessity to be the enemy of the other I love the pure, peaceable, and impartial Christianity of Christ I therefore hate the corrupt, slave-holding, woman-whipping, cradle-plundering, partial, and hypocritical Christianity of this land. Indeed, I can see no reason but the most deceitful one for calling the religion of this land Christianity. I look upon it as the climax of all misnomers, the boldest of all frauds, and the grossest of all libels. Never was there a clearer case. Of stealing the liberty of the court of heaven to serve the devil. I am filled with the unutterable loathing when I contemplate the religious pomp and shows, together with the horrible inconsistencies which everywhere surround me. We have men stealers for ministers, women whippers for missionaries, and cradle plunderers for church members, the men who wields the blood-clotted cowskin during the week, fills the pulpit on Sunday, and claims to be a minister of the meek and lowly Jesus. The man who robs me of my earnings at the end of each week meets me as a class leader on Sunday morning to show me the way of life and the path of salvation. He who sells my sister for purposes of prostitution stands forth as the pious advocate of purity. He who proclaims it a religious duty to read the Bible denies me the right of learning to read the name of the God who made me. He who is the religious advocate of marriage robs whole millions of its sacred influence and leaves them to the ravages of wholesale pollution. The warm defender of the sacredness of the family relation is the same that scatters whole families, sundering husbands and wives, parents and Clever. children, Clever. sisters and brothers, leaving the hut vacant and the heart desolate. We see the thief preaching against theft and the adulterer against adultery. We have men sold to build churches, women sold to support the gospel, and babes sold to purchase Bibles for the poor heathen, all for the glory of God and the good of souls. The slave auctioneer's bell and the church-going bell chime in with each other. The bitter cries of the heartbroken slave are drowned in the religious shouts of his pious master. Revivals of religion and revivals in the slave trade go hand in hand together. The slave prison and the church stand near each other. The clanking of fetters and the rattling of chains in the prison and the pious song and solemn prayer in the church may be heard at the same time. The dealers in the bodies and souls of men erect their stand in the presence of the pulpit and they mutually help each other. The dealer gives his blood-stained gold to support the pulpit, and the pulpit in return covers his infernal business with the garb of Christianity. Here, we have religion and robbery, the allies of each other. Devil, devil, dressed in angels' robes, and hell. Presenting the semblance of paradise. Devil, devil. That was Frederick Douglass from the Boston Anti-Slavery Office, 1845. My name's Kevin Campbell, aka your poet, Muerte, and I hope I did it justice. Y'all have a great day.
19: Tensions are closing. Uh, the police have just wrestled a couple of people to the ground.
12: Yeah.
10: D1, D1, things are getting just a little tense here. Racist Christians, I've been searching for you. I've been wondering where you live and what kind of church you go to. Do you pledge allegiance to Christ and not to the enemy? If so, then how you justify hatred and white supremacy? And if you from a family that taught you racism, you could change it. Dialogue and prayer mixed with counseling just might rearrange it. Are you trying to grow or you secretly like to see division? Once you find out Jesus ain't white, do you still want not be a Christian? We come from a place where the pastors you scriptures out the Bible. to many slaves obey their masters. And we trying to turn this chapter. But we can't ignore this data White cop kill a black man, no jail time Seem like black lives don't matter Racist Christians, I've been searching for you <laughs> Racist Christians, I've been searching for you 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 Racist Christians, do you see what's happening? Sunday morning, you screaming Jesus, but we don't see that passion. When folks out there fighting for freedom, you never speak up. And that's why black folks been turning from Jesus, because people feel it's him. And if you stay as love, now I'm wondering if you just an actor. Black man killed in public, behind closed doors knew you burst and laugh If you hate racism, but don't do nothing, that's still a problem. Silence equals violence, bring race up, and we a church divided. We come from a place where the pastors use scriptures out the Bible to make slaves obey their masters. Now we trying to turn this chapter. We can't ignore this data White man kill a black man No jail time seems like black lives don't matter Matter, matter. Racist Christians, I've been searching for for you Racist Christians, I've been searching for you
0: Abolition
14: Hi, my name is Jeanette Smith. I am a slavery abolitionist. Some of you may know me. I'm doing this recording because I would like to ask if any of you can help with some financial assistance. Max and Yusef do not like to ask for money, so I would like to ask on their behalf because they and other abolitionists pull money out of their own pockets, and this is so important. So if you can help, you can find the information at the top of the Facebook page for Abolition Today. Thank you.